mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Born Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined as always by top London radio DJ, certified Japanophile, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how are you doing? Damn right you're joined by me. This thing wouldn't happen if it was for old Donny Pants with his editing fingers that's going to mess it up every couple of weeks and then have to apologise it for it. <laughs> Don't speak too soon, Pete. We can always replace you with Natsuki. <laughs> Mate, if you... <laughs> that would be awkward. <laughs> I'd like that a lot. <laughs> not be... that I'm not enjoying it. I'd just quite like to hear a podcast with Natsuki on. It would be fairly amusing, but also quite <laughs> awkward, because it would just be us try- going backwards and forwards in Japanese and English, and <laughs> I don't know how that would work. Anyway, how are you? Good week? Good, man. Yeah, yeah. It's been uh, it's, it's just been getting hotter and hotter in London, and it's very enjoyable, and I'm hoping to acquire some kind of tan in the very near future. Before your upcoming trip to Japan. Before my upcoming trip to Japan. I'm going to have a bead on there. I'm going to be sweating like you won't believe. June in Japan, not ideal. It's it's not pleasant, especially <laughs> Tokyo and Osaka. I still will never forget the first time I found myself in Osaka in July and just going out in the street and being hit like, you know when you open an oven, you've got like a chicken in the oven, you open mm. it up and you get hit by that wave of heat. Imagine yeah. that, but then it's just it just doesn't stop. <laughs> That's not fun. I uh, I suppose it's good that I'm coming back to the UK for a bit in July. Did I mention mm. that to you? Uh, yeah, I think not. you did, yeah, briefly, briefly. Yeah, I'm I'm coming back to Japan. Uh, coming back to Japan. I'm coming back to the UK for a bit in July, so that'll be much and my a much needed little escape from the, uh, the summer. I'm uh, I find myself in a relatively good mood though. Just oh. today, I discovered the true definition of power uh, on Twitter. I, uh, I I saw a photo of a nice little sleepy fishing village in Cornwall called Lou. Right, and I wanted to know what it was like, and it dawned on me I've got Twitter. And about 50,000 people on there or something. So I went on there and I just typed in, anybody been to Lou? Is it good? And in th- half an hour, 30 people sent in their reviews of Lou. And I was delighted. That's real yeah. power. That's real power. Getting <laughs> a review is. of a sleepy fishing town in Cornwall uh, in half an hour on Twitter. A review. People. Um, I like the a fact review. that you're doing, um, you've got um, the reviews of Lou, Lou so quickly. But I would have liked it even better if there was somebody who was doing a YouTube channel in Lou and talking about the things you can do in Lou. Possibly hosted by someone called Lou. <laughs> this week's podcast is sponsored by Lou. Lou. Um, I think that's the way it's pronounced. It's L-O-O-E. I'm going to say it's Lou. 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 I did think, I got me got me thinking, I should definitely do a tour with Natsuki around the world, like 
hanging out with viewers and just doing it in really obscure random locations like Lou in Cornwall <laughs> uh, or Hartlepool where you're from yeah just doing like really obscure places and just surprising people he'd that have a terrible fun. time also relatively expensive so I don't know if that will happen but something to think about for the future um, today we are going to be reading out your messages guys from the fax machine which is overflowing with messages stories uh, and emails I'd like to point out it's not literally a fax machine oh. um, some listeners have started to believe every now and then I get a listener saying hi Chris what's the fax machine number and uh, I have to point out it is just a very cleverly bla- a very cleverly branded email address uh, ah. as opposed to a real fax machine it's the... kind of alluding to the fact that uh, here in Japan they still use fax machines which we <laughs> all threw out in the 90s and the rest of the world so the fax machine yes. uh, the fax machine um, uh, the cleverly branded email address what is that again <laughs> you love doing this why is it always me that has to read out the really long I'm just saying what's the, what's the inconvenient email address what's the email address Chris it's the broad in Japan podcast at gmail.com yeah because um, we would have had a nicer, like. we would have had a nicer, more tidy uh, email address, but Chris forgot his login for the Abroad in Japan <laughs> website. <laughs> I um, well, what I like about the Abroad in Japan podcast at gmail.com uh, email address is that it's so inconvenient that only the best of the best get to actually send in their messages. Creme de la creme. People who mistype it or screw mm. it up don't get to send in their messages. So send in your message, and uh, you'll know if you've succeeded because there's an automated response, and that will vindicate you and make you we won't we don't reply to every single email obviously but the automated response will dictate and let you know if you've succeeded but with further without further ado let's dive into the first one which is alex from manchester um i'm gonna hand it over to you pete well okay then coffee i hope this email finds you well hi chris and pete uh, my lovely wife and i are spending our honeymoon in japan starting with osaka today we walked through uh, america mura and the triangle park recognizing it from your awesome osaka uh, youtube video i thought it fitting to my wife's chagrin and uh, confusion to record myself saying why hi man in america mura as it seemed like the thing a certified japanophile would do which we all aspire to i attach it here in the remote hope of getting a shout out in the uh, in the next episode of your podcast I like that he's gone for a shout at not a shout out we're just giving a, a shout, shout at, at. Um, and yes I hope you enjoy it don't find this too weird we definitely do not find this too weird Alex and Manchester it was delightful uh, and it's basically a man and his bemused wife going hi hi man in the middle of American did, did you watch it Saka. did yeah. you see the video adorable quite high pitched I quite enjoyed how high pitched it was it was lovely I love that it was, it was a three second video I clicked yeah. on it it opened he literally, Alex just literally went, why I man? And then it ended. <laughs> Only long enough for me to catch the bemused expression on his we lovely watch start, face. We should but, start uh, a trend. Everyone should go, everyone, every tourist that's listening to this right now should record themselves in uh, America Mura um, saying, why I man? Or why I man? And, um, and we'll start some kind of wacky trend and we'll be on NHK by the end of the week. Yeah, we should create a wacky list of, to, of things to do. Yeah, uh, as as seen on abroad in Japan. Uh, but there you go, you've started a movement, Pete. Well done. And uh, like I said, I didn't even know what that expression meant until I met you. No, because so. you've never been north of Birmingham, a dirty <laughs> southerner. That's right. That's right. Uh, okay, we've got next one's from Beatrice, who says, "Dear Chris and Pete, I'm an Anglo-Italian girl doing my studies in Paris. Wonderful. I've never been to Japan, but I hope that one day I'll be able to visit its fascinating cities and breathtaking landscapes." Uh, I noticed in your videos that a lot of Japanese streets and supermarket 
uh, Japanese streets and supermarket foods, more often than not, come in individual plastic wrapping. Despite the deliciousness of the food that you feature on your videos, this matter concerned me, as I find the usage of packaging a little excessive and not environmentally friendly. I'm aware this is also a big issue in Europe and in the rest of the world, but I wanted to ask you how the recycling matter is viewed in Japan and why all this food must be individually wrapped. I'm also, I'm also aware of food hygiene issues. Love and kisses, Beatrice. Ooh la la. Um, it's a good one. Good question. Yeah. What's your thoughts, Pete? Um, from what I've seen in every 7-Eleven, in every fruit shop, in every vegetable shop, they want to, even the Yasai vegetables, they want to wrap every last vegetable in a, an individual little wrapper. Uh, and I've no idea mm. why. They even put eggs in extra casings. <laughs> They even do. though they're eggs for crying out loud, um, yeah, they'll, they'll, they they overwrap everything and individually. Um, there's like cases for bananas and stuff. It's insane. Mm. It will get better. It will change around once people start, you know, realizing the the foolishness of this whole um, thing. But um, that said, though, the recycling in uh, Japan is tip top. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a bit of a contradiction. Yeah, more than any. Like I, I I've certainly featured the uh, individually wrapped banana in a few videos. Like I did a video called I, I was a vegan for a day, and I bought one there and made a point mm. about it because it is a bit odd having an individually wrapped banana. But mm. um, yeah, Japan's very good with recycling. You have to sort out your stuff into four different bins, but it's crazy. they are very bad when it comes to wrapping. And it's just because Japanese people love cleanliness. But above all, it's basically the appearance. It kind of adds value to your brand or to your product by just having it wrapped nicely uh, and often to the point of being unnecessarily wrapped. So, yeah, it's more just a fact of the culture than anything. So I guess it's kind of like it cancels each other out. They recycle brilliantly, but they overwrap everything to a ludicrous degree. So maybe it'll get better, but I'm not particularly optimistic. Uh, (laughs) So if you do find yourself over here, Beatrice, you might find yourself getting a little bit angry. Nothing we can do about that, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, I don't make a video about it because it'll <laughs> probably get loads of hate. That's all right. It'll be fine. Um, Josh has got in touch. Hey, Chris and Pete. My name is Josh, and I live in Georgia in the United States. I'm on my third listen through of the podcast because I just can't get enough of your content. Wow. Probably try to decipher that podcast I put out that was uh, sounded like we were talking at um, at the same time as each other, trying to figure out all the threads. Uh, and because it's a great way to distract me uh, during my rather tedious job. We've all been there. That's why I started listening to podcasts, because I had a really tedious job. Um, certain aspects of my life still very tedious, but I've managed to, you know, move away from anything that requires any hard work. Uh, Chris, you mentioned in the New Year Resolution podcast that your resolution for this year was to supersede YouTube and create content that is enjoyed on a larger scale. So, how is this coming along, Chris? What steps are you taking to accomplish this? Uh, or what projects can we be looking forward to this year? For example, I'd love to see a film of Natsuki quitting smoking. Good luck with that one, uh, Josh. Uh, Pete, on a couple of occasions, you've mentioned that goal of yours is to be a voice actor in a video game. So, how are you getting on? With this, thank you, gents. Josh. Well, I've yeah, I do that every year. I shoot myself in the foot by having a lofty goal and then mm. accidentally telling everyone about that lofty goal when then it doesn't <laughs> happen. I think every year for the last three years, I've said, "Oh yeah, I'm going to make a short film and going to win the Sundance Film Competition. I'm going to go to Cannes Film Fest." It doesn't happen. Never happens. <laughs> um, but. I have been edging slowly towards doing a documentary about Natsuki smoking. I did see Natsuki a few weeks ago, and I raised it with him, and he did seem kind of interested at the prospect of doing it. Um, But I've I've just still got to think of an idea of how it could work. One idea I came up with, and somebody messaged me about, and probably gave me the idea, uh, (laughs) stole their idea, (laughs) was to get 
Natsuki's fans or viewers to send in loads of videos. So when Natsuki's at work, smoking on his smoking break every an hour, every hour or so, which he does, uh, instead of going outside for a cigarette, he goes outside and watches a video sent in by a viewer convincing him to stop smoking or do something else on the video. So we'd have to get about 5,000 videos and somehow give them to Natsuki and organise them so he watches them every single day. I think that could be a fun documentary, a monumental under- over- a monumental undertaking, um, but it, it could be fun, could be quite fun to watch. Mm. Open to any ideas. What do you reckon, Pete? Um, yeah, I think so. I'd like the idea. <clears throat> I like the image of uh, Natsuki um, in a pile of discarded cigarette butts outside his uh, outside his uh, uh, um, cafe. Not cafe. Um, what do you call it? A salon. Um, doing uh, you know, watching videos <laughs> of people cafe. going, "Stop smoking! Stop smoking!" And he's just kind of his feet are just covered in piles and piles of discarded cigarette butts. <laughs> this is what I have made. Yeah. <laughs> I, you've got me excited at the prospect of a Natsuki cafe now. Oh, uh, wow. Like Life is balloons. cigarettes for every customer <laughs> and rock music and a copy Cats. of Natsuki's CD. Karl Marx's head. Life is balloons music video. Oh, it's perfect. Uh, you, look, let's perfect. talk. Let's talk nuts and bolts. Get us... Get us a shop in um, with a liquor license in, uh, in 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 Shinjuku, and let's do it. <laughs> it would probably work. That'd be amazing. Yeah, Natsuki's uh, always on the always on the hunt for ways to uh, start a new business. We could, so we could do really well. We could new. He we would, could do the new hub. Revel in it. We could uh, we could create the new hub. Actually, I uh, I ordered um, a couple of SIM cards for a couple of friends who was uh, who were coming to uh, Japan with me uh, next mm. uh, in June, and um, what came with it is uh, actually I've got me here. Hang on. Uh, what have we got here? A free drink coupon. Um, in fr- yes. Enjoy a free drink at any hub <laughs> around Japan. Drinks bad, at a it? hub are already like ridiculously cheap. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I've got I've got, I've got three free drink coupons. So there we go. To find your I nearest hub, scan Mc- this QR code. McDonald's Japan always hand out these uh, like pamphlets, like covered in. Uh, coupons and mm. they they always have like really crappy ludicrous vouchers that are like two yen off a hamburger right. and you sort of look at it and think why have you done this like look all this the paper pennies. you've used <laughs> I mean going back to recycling spend like thousands millions of dollars printing out these crappy pamphlets yeah. that don't even they're not even worth anything Annoying, um, but we haven't answered the second question. Have you uh, have you become a voice actor yet, Pete? How's that going? Your goal of being a voice actor in a video game? Well, yeah, just, you know, my mainly I've mainly been just mentioning it on this podcast. So, and I've not heard anything. So, yeah, that's about it, really. Yeah, that's all I've done. I've been busy. <laughs> Excuses. Um, I've got one here from Elizabeth. It says, hi, guys. I've got a quick question, which I originally tweeted on Twitter, decided I hated Twitter, and then I deleted it. Oh. Love that little little narrative there. Twitter's not that bad. Took me a it's while to get fine. into it, though, admittedly. Um, I plan on hopefully living and working in Japan for a while soon. I've been wondering, if someone has a long English name, like Elizabeth, what's the normal protocol for what to go by in Japan? Do people with my name just go by... Elizabeth, Elizabeth, that's how you pronounce it, I think, Elizabeth, yeah. or do they pick a shorter name for people to call them? Do they just shorten their long name into a shorter version of it? Please bestow your wonderful knowledge upon me. Love the podcast and videos. Elizabeth, um, they would just call you Elizabeth, Elizabeth, mm. that's a tough one, yeah. yeah. They don't have the TH sound, obviously, yeah. in Japanese. There's a, there's, so a big be... L, there's a big L in Elizabeth, and you ain't getting that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would be Elizabeth, 
like mm. that. So the TH noise is a su noise in Japanese. Elizabeth! Uh, I don't think... I th- <laughs> that is my impression. I think Max your name would be savage. fine. Yeah. I suppose you could shorten it to Beth if you wanted Beth, to. Beth, yeah, Besu. Yeah, Beth, Besu. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I mean, my name is Chris, and they just call me Chrisu. Mm. Pete's just... Peter. 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 Yeah. Peter. Yeah. Peter. Peter. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's fine. Just go by the name of, of Elizabeth and you will win. That's my thoughts on you that. Will <laughs> you will win. You will win. We got an email from Adam in Tennessee. Good to have you here and with us and writing emails <laughs> to us, Adam. 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 I know someone called Adam. I know someone called Adam and I spent so long trying to not call him Adam that now I call all of the Adams in my life Adam. So apologies, uh, Adam in Tennessee. Uh, thanks for all the wonderful work you do. Oh, stop, Adam. Uh, I always find it fascinating the random things that originate in one country to modest fanfare but are immensely popular when sold abroad. For example, things like Budweiser, Pizza Hut, Jack Daniels Whiskey and music by David Hasselhoff are uh, considered a little bit low rent uh, or irrelevant in uh, the USA, yet are rumoured to have cult-like followings or can be premium brands in other cultures. Are there any items from the West that the Japanese consider superior that are typically disregarded in their country of origin um, probably mm. that um, probably that cider that I gave you <laughs> Magnus yeah <laughs> I um, well that's an interesting point especially going back to Budweiser Budweiser's pretty popular here my friend Yuki keeps his uh, his uh, fridge loaded with Budweiser's which basically go not consumed by anyone they just sort of sit there for years <laughs> but um, yeah I, I had a long think about this the only thing I could Recall was Twin Peaks. Remember the TV show Twin right. Peaks, the nineties, yeah. by David Lynch. Fantastic show. Um, it was kind of got a cult following in, in in most of the world, but in Japan it was a massive deal. Whilst the Twin Peaks film bombed in the West, uh, it went down really well in Japan. There was even a board game. But my favourite thing from Twin Peaks um, that they did was they hired uh, a Japanese coffee company, Georgia Coffee, which is owned by Coca Cola. They hired David Lynch to make a series of adverts in the Twin Peaks universe with Detective Cooper, the the main kind of protagonist, uh, trying to find some random missing Japanese woman uh, in 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 the town. And um, in these series of adverts commercials, they just have Detective Cooper kind of looking for this woman for the first like five seconds of the advert, like where is she? I don't know. Let's have a Georgia coffee and see if we can find her after this coffee. And they just they kind of. They're brilliant, but they're pretty awful. Uh, and I highly recommend you go and check them out because it's it's the ultimate in product placement. Yeah, I think it and gives you a really uh, unnecessary image of what uh, being a policeman is like. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's have a coffee. Oh, there she is. <laughs> brilliant. In one of them, they, they they go to this car and they look at the, the rear seat of the car and they're like, blood on the seat of the car, <laughs> but it's time for coffee. And it just, it just cuts to them going to a vending machine and just getting some coffee. Brilliant. Just like a real detective. <laughs> um, but actually, what's, what interests me here is Adam, on the same message Adam sent in, hmm. he, uh, he says, P.S., Chris, I suspect Pete is getting paid a considerable amount of dollars under the table by Sega, as he has not been so stealthily... He's been stealthily putting in subliminal messages to purchase all the Yakuza games over the past year. Good recommendations, though, and the podcast has turned me onto these exciting games, and I'm grateful for that. So, not so sneaky product placement. If, by if only, Anderson. if only Sega would open their coffers to the Bronjaman podcast. If only... 
they would let me do a voice on the new Yakuza game or Judge Eyes. They replaced that actor. He's, uh, they, 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 uh, they've replaced that actor almost seamlessly. Uh, they've made him look slightly different so that he doesn't look like the guy who's, um, who plays Olaf in, uh, in Frozen in Japan. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's out the door, that fella. What did he do again? Cocaine? Yeah, bit of, I think he found like a gram of cocaine on him. Send yeah, that yeah, man yeah. to prison. Don't do cocaine. Don't I can't do think cocaine, of any other uh, instances, though, of things in the West that have made it big in Japan. Uh, there was yeah. that. There was the song by Alphaville, uh, big in Japan in the eighties, <laughs> which kind of talked, gave a commentary on the fact that uh, loads of bands that weren't doing so well in the West would just come to Japan and become kind of really big and popular. Yeah. Um, so go and listen to that. That's my advice. <laughs> when, I, when I first arrived in Japan, I, I, I just used to drive around in the mountains listening to Big in Japan and uh, dreaming of being on Japanese television. Because Big in Japan! <laughs> and then I got on Japanese television and I wished I'd never been on it oh. and I'd never want to go on it again. So there you go. <laughs> um, we've got a message here from Alex. who says, Hey, Chris and Pete. So we were visiting Kyoto and on the search for a shop to buy a yukata, we actually found a really promising one on Google. Um, but since it was a bit over three kilometres away and taxis were nearby, we decided to take one. What could go wrong, right? Well, joke's on us. Our driver, our driver spoke little to no English. Neither was he familiar with the address of the shop I found on Google. But luckily, on our flight to Japan, I thought, the wo- <laughs> I thought that the words for right, left and straight ahead might come in handy and therefore tried to remember them. And with that and the help of Google Maps, I somehow managed to navigate our driver despite some slight detours to our goal. Alex. So there you go. Those are the three words you need to know, ladies and gentlemen. Right, left and straight ahead. But what are they, Pete? Let's test your Japanese. What's right? Uh, right is... Miggy. Miggy. Left. Well done. Left. Hidari. And straight ahead? Not a clue. <laughs> you don't know it? No, I don't know it. It's uh, Masugu. 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 Um, what, is, like what is stop? What is ahead. this? Is, this Here is fine, thank you. Oh, koko de i desu ne. Koko de koko de i. Yeah, kochira de i desu. Kochira here. Ah, okay. like, here is okay. Okay, kochira. Hi. Hi. Yeah, yeah. Or you, just, you can just say stop, stop now. Yeah, I've I've used the Hidari Migi um, solution because uh, obviously, cause, and also any map that you're shown them will invariably be an English language one rather than a, you know kanji and katakana. So they, um, so it's actually quite useful. I thought this reading this email from Alex. I thought this would be a great like eight bit or sixteen bit video game, just like directing <laughs> the Japanese taxi driver. Well, we had using we, right we had somebody um, we had somebody make a um, a Brown Japan video game, didn't we? We did, exciting. yes. Uh, I'm still trying to work out how it works, but thank you. We should <laughs> we should talk about that in the next podcast. Yeah, once we checked it out. Yeah, yeah it was. I'll have to check that out. We'll get it's back to you on that. It's really good. Um, uh, it is pretty cool. Um, uh, Roland. The next one comes from Roland. Hello, Roland. Uh, hey, Pete and Chris. This is Roland from Italy, currently writing to you from Helsinki while waiting for my transfer flight to Osaka. Yay! I hope yeah. you guys are doing great. I'm writing this to tell you a story that happened to me last year when I was in Osaka. Um, last year, I took a two-month trip alone to Japan to face my fears and anxiety, and the first days were awful. Uh, I spent most of the d- time scared in bed or just roaming around Tonoji Park uh, trying to send the anxiety away. The third day, I had a really powerful and emotional moment uh, while I was walking home without being scared or anxious for the first time in days. A Japanese uh, man in his mid-50s, I think, approached me and started telling me some weird words like, Wired Birdo. <laughs> Um, 
I do, it took me it took what? me a while to understand he was probably complimenting me for my wild or weird beard I thanked him yeah. and as soon as he was gone I started laughing after that day my anxiety was completely gone it was like a magic says Roland <laughs> <laughs> oh that's wonderful I, I like that a lot they're just the kind of um, you're in a really dark place or just a really kind of like a turbulent situation in your brain and it, all it takes is a man coming up to you and go, hey, weird beard, what's going on? Well, reading it back, the way the way he said it, wired, he's kind of spelt wired birdo, right? For me, it looks a little bit like wild bird. Yeah. So maybe the old man spotted a wild bird and exclaimed maybe, to Roland, wild bird. Maybe um, the bird was in the beard. Don't know. You never know. I like the, I like the fact that Either, either the concept of a wild bird or a weird beard uh, got rid of Roland's anxiety. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. If you have anxiety, come to Osaka, walk the streets uh, of Osaka and find the random man who exclaims wild, weird beard and your anxiety will be gone, like a magic, no less. Um, he, ends the, he ends the email again with a PS saying, could you please say hi to my special friend, Davina? Special friend, eh? <laughs> What's that? We always watch Chris Chris videos together, and I'm sure she's listening to the podcast. Thanks. Hello, Davina. Um, Hello, I hope Davina. you like Roland's wild beard. Wild beard. beard. Yeah. I hope you appreciate it. Here <laughs> What's a special friend? Um, it is. When a man and a woman love each other. They're just friends. They're just friends, man. Yeah. Grow up. We'll leave it there on that. Um, <laughs> moonpig.com Hi, Chris and Pete. I've just watched your Okinawa video from two years back where you and a bunch of YouTubers are taken around Okinawa together. What was it like hanging out with potentially overexcited YouTubers? I'm a travel YouTuber uh, and I've always avoided the Google invites I get because I fear everyone will be in camera mode all the time. Do you feel out of place hanging around with a bunch of fellow vloggers or do you share an enjoyable common bond? Lastly, what are your favourite YouTube channels and are there any that influence you or just ones you enjoy to watch? Keep up the great work, Paul in London. And Paul has his own travel YouTube channel, which I did check out, called Suitcase Monkey. It's Ooh. quite a good little channel, doing uh, travel stuff. Lovely. Um, to answer his question, I I do enjoy hanging out with other vloggers, but at the same time, I, f- I prefer it if I just have a vlogger in my video. Like uh, on Journey Across Japan, I had uh, like uh, Joey the Anime Man or Sharla or Pete Donaldson in the videos, right? And we weren't competing, running around with cameras, they were in my video. I don't mind if it's like that, but trips where you go with other vloggers and everyone's got their cameras out, it's a little bit annoying and frustrating, it's just messy. So I don't really enjoy that. But what I will say is 
do network. It's good to network and meet fellow like like-minded vloggers whilst doing YouTube. I certainly liked. I certainly learned to enjoy YouTube more once I'd made friends in YouTube. Mm. In YouTube, Indeed. and uh, started travelling around with them. So. Yeah, that's my two cents on that. Yeah. I, I uh, enjoyed, and I do enjoy um, hanging out with fellow vloggers. I, I quite enjoyed um, uh, we, me and Charlotte and um, Ian from Tokyo Creative uh, went to some mm. temple or something. And I got a little bit lost because I was taking pictures of the moon and I couldn't find anyone. And it was really interesting to see on Charlotte's video them trying to find me. <laughs> and it really <laughs> did nail down the human, um, the, the, the very human uh, dimension of uh, me being rather aloof. And just buggering <laughs> off somewhere. <laughs> I was like, "Oh dear, yeah." When I just run off, people actually, you know, it it it, it, it annoys them. <laughs> so that was good. <laughs> There's no finer example of your ridiculousness than two two yeah. people chasing you through the forests of Kyoto yeah, looking exactly. for the moon. Couldn't find me yeah. anywhere. I don't really. Um, on the subject of favourite YouTube channels, I don't really watch a great deal of YouTube. I've um, I, I tend to watch like TV that finds its way onto YouTube. Um, I, there's one series in particular that I love called Rick Steves Europe, and it's just this American dude. He must be in his late forties or early fifties, and he just travels around Europe. He's very, uh, he's very Christian. He's very nice. He never has a bad word to say about anything. Yeah. I think it's from like the the public service channel in the US or something. But he's very happy and squeaky clean. Well, I just find him kind of comical because he goes to all these places around Europe, uh, and I highly recommend watching it. Just type in Rick Steve into YouTube. He's got like a million videos. But he just goes to various places in Europe and just tries to fit in with the locals, and it always looks really awkward and staged. <laughs> like he goes to this pub uh, in like, uh, I think he went to a pub somewhere in the Midlands in the UK, and he's just chatting to these like, these really rough looking British guys and just trying to make banter with them and try and look cool and fit in. And they're just like making fun of him, like, you're a mug, Rick. And he's like, oh, 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 the locals of England are so great. And he's like, why are you here? What are you doing in our country? Why are you here, Rick? And he's like, oh, the, the locals are having such a great time. And he's got these like really squeaky, clean, happy voice. It's brilliant. I love it. I don't know why I like it. It doesn't seem like the sort of thing I watch. It seems very out of character for me. But I don't know, I just love it, and I highly recommend watching it. I just sit and watch graphics card um, YouTubers, just people who talk about graphics cards and processors <laughs> and, and overclocking and underclocking and thermal paste. I don't know why I watch it, Linus Tech Tips and all those ones, just people trying to get the most out of their you know, MacBooks or their, 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 their graphics cards, and then I'll move on to... There's quite a good travel one where it's... Um, where it's a uh, it's a guy called Bald and Bankrupt, I think. He's um, right. he. I think if you were kind of he basically goes around um, the world. At the moment, he's kind of spending most of his time in uh, the Ukraine uh, and Belarus and like just in the in the sticks, the absolute shit pit mm-hmm. of, uh, of of the old of the old uh, Soviet states. Um, and uh, but he finds something like Belarus and uh, he sp- he speaks a little Russian. Well, he speaks a lot Russian. And he um, and he just he just it's the the looks on people's faces where they go, where they sort of go, why are you here? Like, why are you here? He's going, well, I just wanted to see, you know, the capital. I just wanted to go to Belarus and have a, have a hunt around. I just wanted to go to Kazakhstan. <laughs> and like, they go, what, what are you, why are you, like, you're in the, like, the, I don't know, the Middlesbrough of Belarus. And he's just walking around going, oh, I don't know, I'll just have a stroll around. And he'll just get invited <laughs> to people's houses and he'll just be drinking vodka with them. And so it's, it's, it's a quite um, stereotypical view of uh, Eastern Europe but also not because he's quite good um, 
but yeah, it, 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 fascinating, <laughs> fascinating, uh, fascinating little video. I, I can't tell if that sounds fantastically mediocre or actually bloody yeah. brilliant, but I'm definitely going to give it a whirl. Yeah. We've got rather weird tastes, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> These aren't normal answers, really, are they? <laughs> uh, the way YouTube's going, though, I don't know, YouTube, I feel like... I feel like I need to watch it more to see what people are doing and kind yeah. of get original ideas by by stealing them from other people. Mm. Um, but w- what I find is the YouTube channels that do really well these days are the ones where they, it's like, I sat in a cupboard for 48 hours, this is what happened next, or I yeah. threw myself out a window, this is what happened next, or I, mailed myself I to America. hit my fingers with a hammer or a fragrant mallet, this is yeah. what happened next. I have access to a, um, a, a, a heavy um, pneumatic squeezing machine. <laughs> And I'm gonna put everything in there and see what happens. I'm gonna freeze everything with. I'm gonna freeze everything with. Um, I don't know, uh, dry ice, and then smash it with the hammer. Yeah, 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 all that stuff. Slow motion. Do it in slow motion. Good. Yeah. I uh, I feel like that's the direction I'm going to have to end up going down. Though, like, just I, I did a video a few weeks ago, right? Called uh, what was it? I I befriended a stranger at Japan's <laughs> oldest onsen. That was the title, and it did really yeah. well because people love that kind of. I know that experienced nature of it. They like seeing mm. something happen to the person in the video. So I feel like that's the direction I'm going to have to go down. Like, I went to a maid cafe and this happened or something. So, yeah, it's the inevitable direction of the Abroad in Japan channel. <laughs> I doing me doing stuff. Anyway, there you go. Lots of ideas for you, Paul. Good luck mm. with the Suitcase Bunky channel. Again, yeah. definitely check it out if you're into your travel. Um, got one from Sela. Sela. Hey, Chris and Pete. My name is Marcella. You can call me Sela. I, ah. oh, okay. I always listen to the podcast when I'm collecting data for my job at the Natural History Museum in London. Ooh, An excellent museum. They've got, a, they've got a I've lovely got- tree. Uh, that's um, that's <laughs> calcified. That's soaked up all right. of the uh, nutrients from the ground, and it's like a stone Isn't that tree. What trees do, Pete. No, but it's like a stone tree. Um, right, it's a tree a made of stone. Tree. It's fantastic. The best sales pitch for the <laughs> London's Natural History Museum I've ever heard. Yeah, a forget tree. the dinosaurs, forget the whales. You know, if you want all that, a go to the Horniman. Sucks up nutrients. Have you seen the Horniman Museum in um, in in southeast London? You must have got no, that I when haven't. you were a kid. They've got this got big. I think it? it's a, no. I think it's a walrus. Um, some explorers found a walrus back in the day, like hundreds <laughs> of years ago. Um, but they, because they only found the corpse, they didn't know what it actually looked like when it was alive. So when it was stuffed, they overstuffed it. So there's this gargantuan <laughs> walrus. I think it's walrus um, in the Horniman Museum. It's just way too big. It's just overstuffed because there's so much like loose skin on a walrus. It's just, yeah. <laughs> 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 the, the the line in that story that got me excited the most is some explorers found the walrus. Yeah, I feel like that's the sort of the opening line to an incredible like book or film. <laughs> anyway, walruses aside, uh, back to see a seller. I've got two questions for you. Being originally from Brazil, but having got my British citizenship earlier this year, well done. I started wondering if, after being in Japan for a long time, do you think one could ever feel immersed enough to consider themselves? Japanese, or would that be quite difficult due to the massive differences in culture between Japan and most other places? Secondly, from the stories you've both told on the podcast, at some point in your lives you've decided to do or be something completely different and had to take a big leap of faith and explore different aspects of your personality. Would you have any advice for someone who needs a new beginning but doesn't know where to start? Thank you and keep up the lovely old job, seller. Well, I got kind of philosophical and powerful Mm. and serious at the end there um i don't know where to start pete yeah hard to hard to put that into you know 30 seconds of of a reply but um just fucking do it isn't it (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, like what, what, Nike Air Jordan. Someone who needs a new beginning, Pete. <laughs> yeah, just fucking do it, yeah. Go and look at a walrus. I don't know. I go. I mean, I. what did I do? What have I done that's a big leap of faith? I suppose moving to Japan, I just thought it'd be a lot of fun. I the, the, the point where I nearly had a mental breakdown two years into living in Japan, that's probably the bit where... I had to start doing something different. I just bought loads of books on philosophy and just read about philosophy. Really, that was what I did. Don't know. Have you ever had a big? Have you ever had to take a big leap of faith, Pete? Um, I mean, I changed careers when I was in my mid twenties, uh, and I do wear some very interesting clothes every now and again. So, those two things spring to mind. <laughs> you did a, a lot job a, as well. A, a lot a of my leap yeah. of faith. Yeah, a lot of my yeah, I did do a bungee jump. Yeah, um, yeah, a, a lot of the clothing I wear, uh, I would probably state. You'd probably say that was a bit of a leap of faith. I um, I don't know. I suppose my example here would be just me moving to Japan. And for me, I was never over. I was a little bit nervous about moving to Japan, but I think when you've got an image of your mind of what you want your life to look like and you follow mm. it long and hard, it just happens. Or, or, or you just get overwhelmed by the excitement of that dream or daydream in your mind and uh, you just push ahead but yeah I, I was definitely nervous about coming to Japan it was a really weird random trajectory for me I turned down a job as a management consultant to come and teach children in Japan how to pronounce, pronounce words like penguin and squirrel um, which was a, <laughs> a, a real leap of faith and, and I, I, I didn't really like teaching that much it was fun it was alright everyone I worked with was great but it wasn't really what I wanted to do um, but yeah I guess I, I took that leap of faith because I thought it would be a good life-changing experience to make me a better person. I think it did. Don't know. <laughs> can you but, um, can you say the word squirrel yet? Squirrel. Squirrel. Yeah. That's how I measure my student success. Um, <laughs> but what was the first question? Uh, do we, oh, now that's well, that's quite an easy one. Um, I think you can become a Japanese citizen. You can get Japanese citizenship. Not too difficult. You've just got to be here ten years, I think. Um but you'll never truly be Japanese because Japanese people see being Japanese as uh, as a result of just inherently having Japanese blood. Mm. You know, it's, they they see it in that way biologically. So it's very difficult to be seen as Japanese uh, in that sense. So even if I lived here forever and I stayed here and I became a citizen, um, I still wouldn't be Japanese in the eyes of the Japanese. I'd just be a you know foreigner living in Japan. Mm. Um, I found the the main real the, the real hurdle in fitting in or not is how good your Japanese level is. If you study and you become truly native, which I'm not, I'm not at that level at all because I kind of stopped studying Japanese years ago. Now, if I carried on, I might be there almost after f- seven years now. But um, I feel like yeah, you'll ne- you'll never truly be Japanese. I I would never be truly Japanese if I stayed here my entire life, uh, and that puts a lot of people off. But in other ways. Being a foreigner in Japan has its benefits as well. You kind of get advantages from it, as many, as well as disadvantages. Don't know, really. What do you reckon, Pete? Yeah, I, uh, um, you know that guy, um, I think he's a, 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 a friend of yours and associate, uh, Dogen, is it Dogen uh, on Twitter? Dogen. Dogen. <laughs> Dogen. Dogen. Uh, well, I don't know, Dogen. Um, Dogen. Uh, well, uh, the thing is, the thing about, like, Japan, what does, what, why is his name Dogen? Is that his second name or something? Um, I don't understand. 
he tells me every time we speak because I always forget and then right. I forget straight away. Uh, so okay. I don't know. Fair enough. Um, well, Gordon. I just presumed it would be like the Japanese pronunciation of dog. His real name is just Kevin. Kevin. So I, I still don't oh. really know how it happened. It's not even. Okay. A, it's not even an anagram. I don't yeah. know. I, I do like his. Again. I do like his stuff a lot. His uh, his his jokes are funny. And um, but he, I think he's just started working as a, maybe a full time YouTuber or certainly a full time Patreon guy. Yeah, yes. And he. Um, yeah. Um, for those of you wondering who Dogen is, uh, he's an um, American dude, moved to Japan, married, wife, kids, doing very well, and he speaks Japanese brilliantly. He put a lot of emphasis on studying the pronunciation. He's very popular on Twitter, and he's got a great YouTube channel. Just type in Dogen, D-O-G-E-N, and his channel will come up, and he will blow you away with his humour and wonderful pronunciation of Japanese. Yeah, his um, like he, saw, he found a particular... Um kind of part of Japanese uh, it's not grammar but it's like it's something basically like a pronunciation mm-hmm. and, and enunciation um, and he um, and he basically speaks very eloquently about if he can't find himself you know think of himself as Japanese I don't think anyone can because his, yeah. his Japanese is obviously excellent um, I think he spoke quite, quite eloquently on the matter so that's a bit of uh, background reading you might want to check out mm. background watching we got a uh, email from Beth, Chris. Do you want to read that? Shall I read that one out? I'll let you read this one out. I've already All read right, out then. one from another Beth. <laughs> Too many <laughs> Beths. Hello, Chris and Pete. My name is Beth, and I'm writing this from the Hikari Shinkansen, uh, bound for Tokyo, Japan. I've been in Japan for a little over a week on my first trip here, over from Ohio. Uh, <laughs> I said like Ohio, as in hello. Um, Ohio. Ohio, uh, USA. I noticed every single time I'm on a train, be it the Metro, be it the JR, etc., there is always at least one Japanese person snoring away. Some are even drooling on the passengers beside them. At first, I thought they were crazy for being able to sleep in such a busy public area, but by the third day here, I found found myself nodding off while standing up and nearly took out an entire row of uh, locals upon the train's abrupt stop. My question to you is, uh, have you ever fallen asleep on a train while travelling? If not, uh, do you have any funny stories about sleeping folks on a train? I mean... Again, we've spoken about the working practices of the Japanese person, businessman, businesswoman. Mm. Uh, they're always knackered, they drink, they work long hours, they're exhausted, they never get to see their family, so they're always sleeping. But um, I have a, I have very few skills in my life, but I love sleeping and I can sleep pretty much anywhere. Um, I've well, got a, a, basically a suit roller that uh, basically I put my suits in. I, I always travel with a couple of suits because I'm... British, um, and uh, I put my suits in. A, I put my suits in a roll, and I put them on. If I've got like a double chair to myself, I put my suits in a roll in front of one of the chairs, and I use that as a pillow to make an L sort of shape bed for myself. Uh, and that's me. That's me down. I can just sleep for hours like that. It's wonderful. Bit of a tip. Lucky devil. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I can I can't sleep anywhere. I'm rubbish at sleeping, to be honest. Um, but when it comes to sleeping on trains, I, I, I feel uncomfortable doing it in the UK unless I'm holding my bag or my lap tightly. Um, but in Japan, yeah, I, I do fall asleep on the Shinkansen. It's so damn smooth. I think it's the smoothness of it all. It just glides along through the countryside at 200 kilometers per hour. It's beautiful. Mm. Um, so I, I always fall asleep on bullet trains. Local trains, I can't do it. I can never do that. Um, but yeah, it's it's a weird thing how everyone is always asleep on the train. They go to sleep, and they. what always amazes me is how they manage to wake up at their stop so eloquently. Like, they'll yeah. pull into the station, and they'll wake up straight out of a deep sleep, and off they'll hop. And it's incredible <laughs> timing. I wouldn't have the faith to do that, uh, to get off at my stop whilst being asleep, you know. It's, it's quite impressive, but... 
Who knows? Maybe they're not really asleep. Maybe they're pretending. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the the next email story coming in here is actually kind of relates to this. Relates to well, certainly relates to bullet trains. Mm. It says hello, Chris and Pete. I've just recently returned from a two week trip traveling Japan. I wanted to thank you both for all the information and stories you've shared on the podcast. However, even the most carefully laid plans can go off rails at a moment's notice, and I wanted to share a story about when I faced a bit of a setback. Uh, Whilst travelling to Tokyo from Osaka via Shinkansen, I found myself beating back a hangover and attempted to sleep it off on the train. It's like like Pete, isn't it? Hangover. After after a quick power nap, I awoke just in time to see us pulling into a station and thought this would be the perfect opportunity to hop off and grab some drinks from the vending machine. Which you can do. The trains often kind of stop at stations long enough to be able to do it. But Mm. after jumping off the train and hitting the nearest vending machine, I returned just in time to see the train speeding away with my luggage, passport and all, in tow. Thankfully, having read stories prior to similar prior of similar incidents where people lost items but almost always had them faithfully returned, I calmly walked into the station and by a stroke of luck found an employee who spoke English and was able to radio the train to have them collect my things. I had to wait about an hour and a half before I got clearance to board the next train to Tokyo and was given a handwritten note by the same station attendant who told me to show it to anyone who worked at Tokyo Station and they'd point me in the direction to collect my possessions. A few hours later, I found myself in Tokyo Station collecting all the belongings belongings I had left on the train. I believe this is a testament to the wonderful customer service Japan offers and I'm thankful that the catastrophe had been avoided. While this all worked out for me, my advice to future bullet train travellers is to bring everything you'll need along for a long ride with you from the start so as not to have any reason whatsoever to get off the train and risk being left behind. Cheers, lads. Matt from Baltimore. What I like about this story is this is something that's nearly happened to me numerous times. Uh, <laughs> I remember we, the uh, the bullet train comes up to Sendai and it pulls in somewhere like Koryama or Fukushima, or like halfway along the way, mm. and it stops for like three to four minutes. And I'm so tempted sometimes to just hop off, you know, get a, get a can of Picari sweat or something and then dive back on, but I've never done it because I just can't. I just picture that happening. So to hear of Matt's story, to hear it actually happen, it kind of feels like, well, thank God I don't actually get off. So there you go, folks. Don't be tempted to hop off um, halfway along the train journey, <laughs> lest you get all your position, all your possessions taken away to Tokyo. But still, I suppose he does point out, you will get them back, and that's yeah. really reassuring. So Take your luggage with you Japan's at the very great. least. We're lost and found. Mm. Oh, massively. I've lost a couple of things before. I went to Shinjuku, lost and found, and it was there. I mean, we had... Um, we had a story, didn't we, like three or four weeks ago about that guy who lost everything and didn't get it back. It wasn't a happy ending. <laughs> yeah. Um, admittedly, he lost it on a bench. What was it? His wallet or something. He lost his wallet on a bench in Osaka. Um, to yeah. be honest. Not ideal, you're, really. You're not getting that back. <laughs> no. And then the next day he lost his JR Rail Pass, didn't he? <laughs> expensive. What a lad. Very expensive. Yeah, it was a friend, wasn't it? It was like he lost the best part of £1,000 in like one night. Incredible. <sighs> God. Stinker. But, uh, you know, Japan's pretty good for lost and found, so reassuring stuff. Mm. Um, that's all for now, though, guys. As always, keep your stories coming in to the Abroad Japan podcast at gmail.com inbox. But for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have a good week, and we'll be back at the same time next week. Uh, any last words, Pete? I always, I find I always end these podcasts really abruptly, and I feel like I need to let you have the final say. So have oh. a final say. Um, stay in school, kids. 
was a radio Stakhanov production. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com